every major movie of the 90s in chronological order. Rewatched and dissected. Sick references. Trivia bombs. Listen as they try to not get canceled. It's the 90s. Repeated. Hello and welcome to a special bonus episode of The 90s Repeated, where one guy is going to talk about some films of the 90s. Jim and Fisher living it up large, having fun and partying, while Dave is left alone to mop up some 90s movies until the next time we can all get together and do a recording. I'm going to be talking about three films from the year 1990 that uh, we haven't got the opportunity to watch together, but that I've watched in my own time and uh, feel like talking about. So let's see how interesting I can be. Um, so first up is the 1990 film Blue Steel, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, directed by Catherine Bigelow, who would go on to uh, make The Hurt Locker and uh, marry James Cameron famously. Jamie Lee Curtis is a cop yes. with a problem. Robert, I'm for Put the gun down now! 24 hours on the force and she's already blown some poor slob's face off. No gun found at the scene, officer. Turn her nothing on the victim. The men on the force won't believe her. It was there. I saw it. The man at her side can't help her. I think somebody out there likes you. And the man in her arms is the killer. Blue Steel, a point-blank thriller. Um, now, Blue Steel, um, I'm going to sort of talk about these movies from my sort of least favourite to favourite. Um, Blue Steel, definitely worth a watch. Um, it's kind of this kind of um, dirty, grimy, kind of Silence of the Lambs-ish um, meets Death Wish kind of revenge movie. Um, it's definitely cements Jamie Lee Curtis as kind of like a, a star like you know she's she is fantastic in this movie you know she's on screen she's captivating she's definitely a leading woman and uh, I can't actually think of many movies where Jamie Lee Curtis is the star outside of the Halloween franchise so it's kind of great to see her leading a film on her own you know which she can definitely do she definitely carries this movie um, I think the problem with Blue Steel is it's just too grimy. It's just, it, you, you do not feel good um, once you've watched it. Um, it's surprisingly violent, and not in a kind of entertaining Tarantino way, just in a really kind of uncomfortable, yeah, uncomfortable kind of, ugh, I, I don't want to be watching this way. There's a lot of violence committed against Jamie Lee Curtis that's really horrible. It's interesting enough that, you know, if you can get kind of past that, it's worth watch. Um, very well directed, of course, as you'd expect from Catherine Bigelow. This was uh, just before she went on to do Point Break. Um, and Point Break's definitely a lot more fun. Does either one of you have anything even remotely interesting to tell me? Caught my first tube this morning. L.A. has changed a lot during that time. The air got dirty and the sex got clean. Uh -huh. Hey, you're a real blue flame special, aren't you, son? Young, dumb, and full of cum. I know. I guess we just must have ourselves an asshole shortage, huh? Um, it's a New York-based movie, um, and it's particularly worth watching for uh, an early appearance um, by Tom Sizemore, who obviously sadly passed away. He has a kind of blink-and-you-miss-it cameo but really good in a really small role. And Clancy Brown, who's one of probably my favourite Clancy Brown performance in this movie, where he, again, Clancy Brown kind of became this kind of character actor that you may have seen in, like, Starship Troopers. Put your hand on that wall! The enemy cannot push a button if you disable his hand. 
And, um, you know, the Shawshank Redemption, he was kind of like this kind of, you know, villainous kind of, you know, asshole. He kind of got pigeonholed as the kind of the side asshole. Do you trust your wife? Oh, that's funny. You're going to look funnier sucking my dick with no teeth. In this, he's kind of like a grizzled kind of um, detective policeman cop character who you kind of grow to love as the movie goes on. Just a really good character and um you know i believe i don't know if they did but there's a video game called detroit beyond um beyond human i think it's called which was a playstation game where he also played a kind of policeman and i feel like they must have seen this movie because he's basically playing a similar part here fuck it i'm out of here oh shit why do i gotta be the one to deal with this shit i know jack shit about androids jeffrey i can barely change the settings on my own phone bullshit the truth is, nobody wants to investigate these fucking androids, and you left me holding the bag. No fucking way. I don't need a partner, and certainly not this plastic prick. Yeah, I mean, Blue Steel, it, it feels kind of like this would have been a fantastic Brian De Palma movie, and I say that because uh, movies like this really live and die on kind of their set pieces, and uh, this movie just doesn't have them. It has great characters giving great performances but there's nothing really memorable um, about the camera work or the set pieces which is really surprising given it's Catherine Bigelow um, but yeah this movie would have been a fantastic Brian De Palma film especially in the final of the movie which is an actual shootout in the middle of New York City with people running around but the camera is so close in on both the actors that you might as well have filmed this anywhere it's just a real shame that we don't open this up and get a nice big shot to take in New York or you know a big un uninterrupted take like this could have been heat before heat came out and it's just a real shame that that doesn't happen just an interesting kind of failure of a movie but one that's enough got enough twists and turns in the central plot that um, it's worth a watch just let her go I don't want anybody to get hurt I don't want to hurt you don't come any closer okay just let her go die <laughs> ah! So the next 1990 film I'm going to talk about is The Ambulance. And now we're getting on to two films that I really, really love and are really like underseen, especially in the UK. I mean, all these films, I'd say, are really underseen in the UK. Um, and the reason I say that is that I had never even heard of or seen these films, um, you know, and that, you know, and I used to go into the video store when I was growing up and check every single movie. Um, and, you know, most movies that get DVD releases, it's kind of like these days, as an adult in my late 30s, if an, a UK-based label like Arrow Video or Second Sight is not putting out these films and, um, you know, Quentin Tarantino or another film director isn't talking about them, they're basically invisible and, you know, they, I don't get to see them. So, you know, I hope for people that are listening who are film fans on Twitter, again, these kind of films don't get talked about that often and it's a real shame because I feel like there's a lot of fun to be had in just seeing these you know, as we're doing on this podcast, just going through a year and just watching a movie, just going in blind and going, I've never seen this movie, I just fancy giving it a watch. So that, you know, that's that's what I did. And that's how I, I saw these three films, which are three I'd never seen. And um, yeah, I had, had fun with all of them, really, all worth interesting, all, you know, all interesting in their own right. So um, the next film I'm going to talk about, yeah, is the uh, 
1990s, The Ambulance, which is directed and written by Larry Cohen. And Larry Cohen's kind of a, an interesting character. He's like, I feel like if you or I or someone you knew, like, you know, got to be a film director. He's like very geeky. He wrote like a load of scripts that are kind of like these, you know, high concept things. He didn't always direct, but they're always kind of interesting idea movies. So he did like Maniac Cop, you know, what would happen if there was like a Maniac Cop zombie guy. Um, he also wrote Phone Booth, you know, so this guy is he's, he's creative, you know, um, and he's got some good ideas. But um, when he was a director, he never really hit the big time. Um, but The Ambulance is such a fun kind of concept for a movie. Again, it's a New York-based movie, and I'm starting to think that, like, with, um, you know, with Blue Steel, with Gremlins 2, with Joe versus the Volcano, and with The Ambulance, that maybe there were just some really cushy tax breaks happening in 1990, and that it would incentivize people to film in New York, because we had so many. Stop spreading the news I'm leaving today I wanna be a part of it New York, New York Yes, sir These vagabonds So the movie stars Eric Roberts who you may know as Sal Maroney in The Dark Knight who is the Gotham City Mafia boss who hires the Joker to kill Batman. Um, but... Um, he, he has got probably one of the greatest mullets in cinema in this movie. I would say sort of top three movie mullets off the top of my head is Jean-Claude Van Damme in Hard Target. Um, Roddy Roddy Piper. I think he's pretty sure he's got a mullet in They Live. And and uh, Eric Roberts in The Ambulance. Uh, his is really kind of flowy and permed. It's really something special. Eric Roberts. James Earl Jones. The Ambulance. If you call for help, you're dead. So Eric Roberts plays a comic book artist that works at Marvel Studios. And it's it's the Marvel Studios he's working at. There's Spider-Man on the wall, there's the Hulk. And he's working for Stan Lee. And Stan Lee is played by himself. Holy shit! Aren't you? Oh, Stan Lee. Stan Lee's in this movie as a fully-fledged character that has conversations. And, you know, it's just like, how is this movie not a bigger cult classic than it is? So he's on the streets of New York. He sees some girl he gets attracted to. He starts trying to hit on her. Um, he um, He's, you know, he's flirting with her. And then she kind of faints and is carted off in an ambulance. And basically, he spends the whole movie trying to find her, and it's kind of this dark thriller. It really reminds me of uh, Martin Scorsese's After Hours, if you've seen that, kind of the It All Happened One Night kind of New York movie. And it kind of feels like The Mask a little bit with Jim Carrey, just with, but without the comedy. If you stripped all the comedy um, mask, green mask stuff and just kept the kind of mobster... Jim Carrey, Cameron Diaz element of it. it. It kind of feels like that. And apparently they, they really wanted Jim Carrey to play the lead in this. And um, But fantastic stunts in this movie. Um, there's a lot of car chases um, with the ambulance. Uh, um, it feels big. It's in New York. There's a little bit of a Blues Brothers vibe with the car chases. And if you get the chance to watch this movie, just just give it a watch. I guarantee you that you'll have a pretty good time with it. It's just uh, fun. Uh, James L. Jones, you know, Mufasa, Darth Vader is also in this. as like the police chief captain. He has a fairly big role. And uh, a very famous kind of 80s or 90s stand-up comedian called Red Buttons is in this. And he's kind of this, you know... Um, 
fun kind of older Jewish guy that's cracking a load of jokes in a hospital. It's just like a really fun, you know, memorable part. But I mean, just a, just a real kind of fun, it happened one night movie. And as I said, if you like a movie like After Hours or Into the Night with Jeff Goldblum, um, just give it a watch. I think you'll have a good time. Do it. Do it. Come on. And the next movie uh, and the final one that I want to talk about in this kind of one-off bonus special is The Class of 1999, directed by Mark Lester. In 1998, six million violent incidents took place in American high schools, including 29,927 teacher fatalities. The public school system has been reduced to a battlefield. But the Board of Education has just found a solution. Tommy! The perfect solution. You're next, Mr. Cope. For the class of 1999. Where are you? The class of 1999. These androids were supposed to educate the students. Battle droids, Miles. Battle droids. To graduate is to survive. Now, um, this movie, although it came out in 1990, feels like it's a ripoff of kind of Terminator 2, but obviously Terminator 2 hadn't come out yet, but certainly heavily influenced by the Terminator. Um, it's, it's kind of got all your favorite kind of John Carpenter movies mixed into one, um, but it's not really greater than the sum of its parts, I guess. It's, it's just a mishmash of all this kind of stuff that's fun, but doesn't really... Um, do better than any of them it's just kind of not very good at anything but it's still so fun and interesting um that i guarantee you, again if you watch it you'll have a good time so um the movie stars malcolm mcdowell in a fairly small role um it also criminally i have to say underuses pam greer who's in this movie so what's the plot of this one um basically it's set in the future it's a little bit like escape from la uh, or escape from new york it's a future where kids have overrun um, all the major cities and there's crime everywhere and they've built a wall around the major cities and the kids run 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 the cities like there's like child gangs so when you go there it kind of feels like maybe like a little bit like the warriors or the lost boys where all these kids in kind of these punk leather outfits run these cities and uh, again surprisingly big budgeted film you know it feels very big um, but you get all these kind of gang shootout scenes like, um, you know, I don't know what, what we were thinking of, like maybe like Battle Royal. Um, so, yeah, all these kids fighting, shooting in the streets um, in this kind of dark, gritty kind of, yeah, gang culture. So they decide, the government decides to send in free Terminators, basically, to be teachers at the school. What's the matter? Oh, I have a headache. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. The, basically, you get like an hour of the te Terminators being teachers in schools, kind of beating up kids and kind of trying to do some, um, you know, discipline. And the first hour of this movie is not that good. It's, you know, maybe you're struggling to hold your attention. But where this movie really comes to life is like kind of the last 30 minutes. Okay, so the last 30 minutes of this movie is set in a high school. You've got three Terminators. And it's just it's just punk kids with you know machine guns fighting free terminators, and the special effects are pretty damn good. Okay, so you get you know these kids firing you know they're not Stanley Terminator good, but they're pretty good. So you get 
Pam Greer gets like shot up with a machine gun, like her skin melts off. She has like a flamethrower for an arm. She's flamethrowing kids on motorcycles. Um, there's a forklift ripping um, Terminators apart. You know, there's some animatronic full body Terminators. Um, and just just a lot of fun, really. Just like, you know, I, I have, a, have a few drinks. You know, you could even skip the first 20 minutes of this movie. It doesn't make any difference. But the last 30 minutes, just a solid good time. So class of 1999, worth checking out. Um, Blue Steel, worth checking out. And The Ambulance, worth checking out. But if you only get the chance to watch one of these, I'd say go with class of 1999. Um, and you uh, won't be disappointed. I love... <laughs> To mold young minds. You son of a bitch! God damn you! Thanks for listening to this kind of special one-off little bonus episode, and hopefully Jim Fish and I will be back at some point in the future um, to discuss the movie Arachnophobia, which is uh, a favourite of mine. Hope to uh, see you guys soon. You can find us at the 90s repeated on Twitter, at the 90s repeated on Instagram, and I am at Filmfella Dave on uh, Twitter. Um, hope to uh, see you guys soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. The Jennings family has just moved to the small town of Canaima. Oh, Ross, smell that air. Oh, God. In search of a simpler life. Want to blow up a bullfrog? Okay. It's the perfect place. Goodbye crime, goodbye grime. Except for one pesty little problem. Come with me and look at the web. The web? I have a terrible fear of spiders. Come on, we live in the country now. It's time to work through this irrational, paralyzing terror. It's not irrational. Hollywood Pictures and Amblin Entertainment present Jeff Daniels. Honey, we're in the living room. We need you to kill a spider. And John Goodman. Don't pretend to infestation management. Oh, that guy's just a spider. Would anybody object if I tore this floor out? I would. False alarm, then lead on. There's no spider here. Every so often in a little town somewhere, there is a health scare. There's a rumor going around that some kind of spider might have killed Sam Metcalf. Doubtful. Spiders make convenient culprits. There's no spider here. I think one of your Venezuelan spiders hitched a ride here. There may be some spiders around here that are very dangerous. Dad, chill out. Just run. Oh! They spread out from a central nest in a web-like pattern and dominate the entire area. <laughs> when that happens, this town is dead. Better uncorked by private stock. <laughs> Hollywood Pictures and Amblin Entertainment present Arachnophobia, eight legs, two fangs, and an attitude. Perk up, Lloyd. If we find the spider that did this, you can arrest him. Arachnophobia, a thrillomedy.